You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. us to experience his joy. We're supposed to be joying the Lord. We're not supposed to walk around like lemon-sucking Christians. We're just supposed to be joy. We're supposed to have joy in our hearts. He wants us to experience his joy. He wants to have peace in the minute of it. You can read certain things into this. Hannah and Elkanah had their problems. Yes, most families do. His, her husband's heart was divided between two women. Her home, instead of being a place of refuge, was a place of trials. Have you ever encountered a Christian who was just downright unhappy? Being unhappy is no crime, but Jesus has a better plan for you. Jesus wants you to experience joy and contentment. Pastor Dave will also remind you that your God is a God who is persistent. He will always come and find you in your hopeless times. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 as he continues his message, God Has a Plan. You are Peninnah was more likely jealous of Hannah as we find out that the portions of food that were given out to the feast, Hannah got a double portion because Elkanah loved her. That's the wording here is that he loved her more than Peninnah. We read that Elkanah takes the family to Shiloh every year for sacrifice. Remember, this is where the tabernacle now resides in Shiloh. Remember, we read that in the book of Judges. This was in according to God's ordinances and commands. At this time, we're also introduced to the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, priests of the Lord. And I believe that these priests are mentioned by name for two reasons. Number one, because they were two of the most notorious wicked priests in the history of Israel. Secondly, I think their mention shows us how godly a man Elkanah was. Because even though the priests were wicked, He still offered sacrifices to the Lord, knowing that the wickedness of the priest did not make his service to the Lord invalid. He was following the Lord and obeying that which the Lord had commanded. Many, many times we're put off by someone else's sin. We're put off by someone else's wickedness, especially someone in the church. And we see it all the time. Something happens and we're put off by it and we say, oh, that's it, I'm done. I'm done with it. No, you're serving God. You're listening to God. You're working for God. You're not listening to man. You should be serving God and looking to God for your answers, not man. As a man, I will always fail you. It is not my heart to fail you. Trust me, I love all of you very much. But unfortunately, as a man, I fail people. And that's what happens in life. Men fail you. We fail. God never fails. God is always true. I will say something that disturbs you. I will do something that you don't think I should have done. Or I won't do something that you think I should have done. And you will get angry at me in some way. I will fail you. If I haven't, hang around. And I'll say, I'm sorry right now. I don't mean to. It's not my want. But because of my frailty, because I'm a sinner just like you, I will fail you. But don't judge the church on our failures. Judge the church on God and Jesus Christ. 
And that's why we go to church. We don't go to church for men. We go to church for the Lord. And it's important to think that and keep that. And that's what I see Elkanah doing. He knew these priests were wicked. Their reputation preceded them. And though he still went to the thing, and he still did his sacrifice. He wasn't sacrificing to Hopney and Phineas. He was sacrificing to the Lord. He knew that no salvation, no forgiveness of sin could come through men. So this was makes him kind of a godly man. And when they went to Shiloh, it was supposed to be a time of celebration, a time of feasting and worshiping the Lord, eating together, a time of remembrance. But every year, Peninnah would irritate her rival. <laughs> I have kids, you don't. Man, was she EGN. It was extra grace needed. However, we read at no time did Hannah bark back. No time did Hannah bark back because actually her name means woman of grace. She never fights back. She never fights against her rival. All she does is persevere. She demonstrates the grace of God. She demonstrates God's grace. So here we see a godly influence in the home, a home that I might say is not perfect. But Hannah did her best to manifest grace in a way when she dealt with her rival. She persevered with her barrenness along with Peninnah's cruel words and attitude. But Hannah was trusting in the Lord. And we see that in the next section that we're going to read that she would present her petitions to the Lord and him alone instead of creating problems within the household. And everything she did, Hannah sought to glorify the Lord. Let's read 9 through or 8 through 18. Then... Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the, on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitter, Hannah was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on my affliction... Look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke from her heart, only in her lips, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered him and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Remember that. So we see Hannah's prayer. Oh, there's so much we can learn from Hannah's prayer. There's so much we can learn from Hannah's prayer as a way to pray. Look at the emotions she sets out before the Lord. She held nothing back. She didn't hail nothing. Why didn't? Why wouldn't she hold something back? The Lord knows what you're going to pray for before you even say it. He knows what you're going through. He knows your emotions. She's had bitterness of soul and weapon anguish. We see a woman in deep depression. A woman crying out in despair to take away her pain, to ease her affliction. We see a woman who knows where to go to seek help. She didn't go to the priest. 
She didn't go to the priest. She went to the Lord. It said the Lord alone. She went to the Lord alone. She went straight to the source. She did not go to the priest. She knows where to go to get relief. The woman knows from whence her help comes from. Her helps come from the Lord. Hannah had determined in her heart that the Lord wanted her to be specific in her prayers. To specifically pray for her son that she might in turn give him back to the Lord to serve him. Look at Hannah's words to Eli about our prayer. I poured out my soul before the Lord. I poured out my heart before the Lord. All these pent-up emotions from the tormenting of Peninnah now came forth. And she lays everything at the foot of the cross, at the foot of the Lord. She cast her cares upon him, knowing that he cares for her. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now, she says. Hannah persevered, and now she comes to the Lord and commits everything to him in prayer. Wow. I would like to have heard that prayer. Must have been something special. Remember we studied in Romans how when we groan in the Spirit, the Lord hears our prayers and the Spirit makes known what the prayer is. I wonder if she was groaning as she was crying. I wonder if there were times when it just welled up on her and she just, ah, she just cried out and she anguish, it says. Can you imagine she's crying out in anguish? In anguish. This is a great example of a prayer from a pure heart. Laying everything before the Lord. When we come to the Lord and allow him to take our burdens, allow him to ease our pain and be our comfort because that's what he wants to do. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon me my burden because it's easy and light. He wants to exchange burdens with you. What burden are you carrying? What burden are you burdened down with that your head is low now and sinking into your neck? What, What burden has you so down and downcast? The Lord says, give it to me. Give it to me. Put it on the cross. Put it at the foot of the cross and get away from it. Walk away. I want it. I want that burden. Give it to me. I see Hannah crying out. He wants us to experience his joy. There's supposed to be joy in the Lord. We're not supposed to walk around like lemon-sucking Christians. There's supposed to be joy. We're supposed to have joy in our hearts. He wants us to experience his joy. He wants to have peace in the minute of it. You can read certain things into this. Hannah and Elkanah had their problems. Yes, most families do. His, her husband's heart was divided between two women. Her home, instead of being a place of refuge, was a place of trials. Her, her hope had been disappointed. She was misunderstood by, misunderstood by her husband. Aren't I better than ten sons? See, in this, you have to look at the culture it was in. In this culture, having a child, especially a male child, was revered. It's what everyone had to do. Yet in all those things, she did the right thing as she built her house. She built her house. She wept. She prayed. And she committed the entire situation to the Lord. I love that. She committed the entire situation to the Lord. What an example for us when we're going through times of trials. What an example for us when we're having... Uh, afflictions, pain. What an example for us to have in our lives for prayer. We're only in, we're only in verse 19, 17 or 18, and look what we've learned already in the first Samuel. Well, this is a great way to pray. Prayer from the heart, a heartfelt prayer. The fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. A heartfelt prayer. Hannah knew God had a plan. She trusted in the Lord for the plan that he was going to work out in her life. Hannah asked the Lord to remember her and not forget her. 
It's interesting. In Isaiah 49, 15, the prophet compares the love and compassion of God to the love of a nursing mother. In it, it says, the Lord says, I will not forget you. What a comforting thought. What a comforting thought. The Lord won't forget you. We have Jesus' very words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those should be comforting words to us. Those should be comforting as all get out. Our God will not forget us in the time of need. We serve a God who wants to be actively involved in your lives. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to comfort us along the way. And he wants to do that every single day. Sadly, some parents have forgotten their own, whereas God never forgets his people. He never forgets his children. Hannah prayed, Lord, remember me. And I love this, and I've used this many, many times, and I, I, I love to use it, and I'll, I, I go on using it because it's so poignant. In Exodus 3, verse 7, Moses is before God. He's before the burning bush, and he says, Haven't you seen the affliction of your people? Haven't you heard the cries of their taskmasters? Don't you know what's going on? And God says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. God has seen your affliction. God has seen it. He's heard your cries, and he knows your sorrows. Because we serve a God who hears, sees, and knows. But for some reason, it won't come through this block here it won't come in and we won't let it come in like the children of israel like hannah god has seen our affliction he has and will hear our cries our god is a god who hears a god who sees a god who answers his children when he calls upon him call upon him the one who is able the one who will keep you in your time of need seek him and him alone I mean, you go to the you go to the, the bookstores these days if they even have them anymore because everything's on internet. You go to these bookstores and you look for self help. You come across there's nine hundred fifty seven thousand rows of self help books. Every single thing you wanted to do, there's a book written on it that you can do. Self help book. We've been given a self help book right here. It's the best self help book that ever was written. And in it, the main theme: seek God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Seek him alone. Call upon his name and he hears and sees and knows everything that's happening to you. Everything that's going through you. He knows. He knows. So Hannah vows to dedicate this unborn child to the Lord and promises the Lord that this child will be in his service forever. What an example that Hannah is. This prayer is born out of sorrow and suffering in spite of her feelings. She laid bare her soul before the Lord. A prayer involves submission. Aha, the key word. Submission to the Lord's will. Not my will, but whatever you want, Lord. Oh, that's a biggie. It involves sacrifice. I'll give my son back to you. This is a woman without a child. This is a woman without a child who wanted a child so much and, and that she offered the Lord said, Lord, if you allow me to have a male child, I will give him back to you for your service. It offered sacrifice. What a model of prayer. Submission, sacrifice. 
I'm thinking of my Savior in the garden. I'm thinking of my Savior in the garden, praying three times, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Submission, sacrifice. Eli the priest thinks she's drunk because he doesn't, he doesn't hear words, but he sees her mouth moving. Here we see him quick to judge the actions of the woman, quick to judge the devotions to the Lord. John Bunyan said, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. I like that. This is how Hannah prayed, straight from her heart. Straight from her heart. Then Eli gives her a blessing. And this is all Hannah needs. Her faith now is soaring because Eli gave her a blessing because she received confirmation from the Lord. She received confidence. Let it uh, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked. She has all the confidence in the Lord now that the prayer was going to be answered and her faith showed her countenance was lifted. Sunday nights I pray, let us leave here pray after we pray in confidence. She left here skipping. I'm going to have a kid. She was confident. She was trusting in the Lord. That's how we should be after we pray. After we pray, we pray, we believe. And we have joy. We go back to that J word again. Joy. We have joy. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh boy, we really have a lot of joy, don't we? Great. Praise God. Come on. Come on. My goodness. She had joy. Her countenance changed. It says her countenance changed. So the woman went by her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Why? Because she believed the Lord. What happens when you believe the Lord? Someone please tell me. What does it become when you believe the Lord? What does faith do for us? Abraham believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. She believed the Lord. She believed the promise. She believed the Lord. I love it. Great example. The Lord remembers Hannah and she conceives. She conceives. Let's read. Let's finish out the chapter. Verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkiah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because of I asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his family house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, and that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord was granted me by petition, which I have asked of him. Therefore, I have also, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. The Lord remembered Hannah. That's what it says. The Lord never forgot her. It just means it came about what the, she had prayed for. 
she prayed for. A son, Samuel, translated, asked of the Lord or heard by God. It was time to go back to Shiloh for sacrifice. Hannah doesn't go because she wants the child to be weaned. It's believed that the time she took him up there, he was about three years old, approximately. That's what it's believed. But when they do take Samuel, they take the appropriate sacrifice. They're following the law of Moses. They're taking the appropriate sacrifice. They must have been very wealthy to take that much. Don't do three bulls and an ephah of flour. That's a lot. What you give for sacrifice explains how wealthy you are. What did Mary and Joseph give for Jesus? Anybody know? A couple of doves, because they were very poor. They were very, very poor. But they go up to the house of the Lord, and she declares to Eli, Hey, Eli, (laughs) I'm that lady you thought was drunk. I'm the one. Look at my child. The Lord has granted me. So Hannah and Eli, giving the child to the priest. She's doing what she said. She's obeying her vow. She's doing the vow. She said, this is what I'm going to do. The child was born, and now she's giving the child to these priests. The priests that she knows are wicked. But she's not giving the child to the priest. She's giving him to the Lord. Actually, I love the words. She's lending them. (laughs) She said, I lent the kid. (laughs) I love that. For three years, Hannah built her house upon God's word. And then God prepared him, Samuel, for the Lord's service. Samuel's mother certainly was a woman in prayer. She thought Samuel to prayer. And later on in in this chapter, or excuse me, in 1 Samuel, we're going to see that Samuel becomes a man of prayer, just like his mom. When we consider the low spiritual life of Eli and the wicked ways of his sons, it took a great deal of faith to Hannah and Elkanah to leave their innocent son in their hands. It took a huge amount of faith. But the Lord was with Samuel and would preserve him from the pollution all around him, just like God protected Joseph in Egypt. He would also protect Samuel in Shiloh. He can protect our grandchildren. He can protect our children. He can protect them from the evil in this world. But we need to build our house and guide them through God's word and prepare them. We need to continually build them. I see two parents here, faithful parents, serving the Lord, wanting the best for their child now and giving him back. It's a great opening story. We can learn so much from this. And next week in chapter 2, Hannah is going to pray again. And she has this beautiful, beautiful prayer where she gives thanks to God and, and talks about all these things in her heart once more. I think you can see that there's a lot to learn here in the, in the book of First Samuel. There's a lot of meat here. We can chew on it. We can look at it. I'm just hopefully whetting your appetite. I hope you're going to read ahead I read through the scriptures and and see what the Lord speaks to you about. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. 
Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m. along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope. Rescued us.